0: Oh oh. Welcome to the Protector's podcast. I'm your host Jason Picklow.
1: Indian chime
0: if you want. We got it. We're recording, <laughs> man. Get that get that chiming going, man. I got my uh my crack and rum with my uh Ben Shot mug. So yeah, man, we could we could do this all day. Take a spirit walk. Here we go. Exactly. So you are Dave Bray, world famous musician. You
1: go and by I, Dave Bray USA and the social media circus. Let's
0: yes, exactly. USA tagline. And you have a, a varied background. I'm sure you've been asked all the same questions. So let's see if we can we can come up with something different tonight. Sure. What about Dave Bray? Dave grew up in Pennsylvania?
1: Yep. I grew up in PA, small town, Jefferson, PA, about three to 500 people at any given moment. We did not have a stop sign or a stop light. We had a roundabout. So that's pretty much status quo. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Where is that compared to where you're at now?
1: Small town, PA. I'm basically right above the maryland border i'm um okay. right if you yeah if you, if you go down 83 south right at the maryland yep. border make a right go about 10 miles in and you'll you'll find me
0: yeah that's the way i, I grew up right outside of uh the poconos dollar water gap in jersey like the nice yeah. area yeah and the- uh i love it man every time i go back i go back that way because i can't stand going now Route 95
1: yep i was just in Bushkill last week killing it man
0: so where where was the farthest way you've played uh, go overseas south korea <laughs> how was that it's the opposite now, side of the
1: planet <laughs> legitimately <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that was probably i obviously i was probably military base
1: uh yeah so i was on i was on tour with madison rising at the time it was when i was singing for them um we did let's see we did south korea and then we did the rock in japan and then mount fuji so we did okinawa and then we did um Mount Fuji bases, all bases for the for the military. That's really cool, man. Yeah.
0: So um how did you get how, how now was music always in your blood? Is this one of those kind of things like, you know what, I'm yeah, six man. years old and all of a sudden bam, I'm playing a guitar and
1: no, no, no. I was I was always kind of a, a music guy. Um, I think everybody, you know, we're humans, we love music, right? So uh, you know, I used to spend a lot of time with my dad's records, which he had a, a short stack that was pretty decent, but I just sung in the church choir and you know singing in the shower i finally hooked up with a band when i was like 15 and we started playing talent shows and then after i got out of the military i went back to that band and started playing around and we did really really well we ended up moving out to california um and trying to start up over there but it was right when corn and some other like stuff was happening limp biscuit and just wasn't like what we were doing so we were more pearl jammy folky rock grunge and they were just slipping into rap rock at the time so so, we this is like
0: 95 ish, 96
1: ish. I got out, I got out in 90. I'm, I'm aging and dating myself now. So, um, went in, in 93, got out in 98, uh, moved out to California in like 99. And I stayed out there for um, a little over a year trying to push music, which isn't a long time. But uh, I was living in Southern California, Huntington Beach, for a while. And it just there wasn't a lot of music happening. We would every once in a while get together to rehearse, but it was so difficult because the the pace that you had to work to be able to stay living in that area was you know grueling and then to add music to it just wasn't wasn't working unless we were all going to get in a van you know
0: it's kind of the same trajectory as me I went in 93 got out in later 90s okay. and then I planned to go to San Diego right after I got out right but uh didn't quite make it out there cuz I wasn't going to get a law enforcement job out there ended up doing a college thing instead but yeah that that brings us back to so How did the Navy come into your life?
1: Uh, My dad was Navy. My brother was Navy. uh, Small town. You know what I mean? So when somebody leaves for the military, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, You know, I can remember some of the older guys when I was in middle school and high school, like uh, some of our older friends. My brother was about three years older. So guys that went in that were still kind of friends of the family that went in, they were all everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, good job to to Mike or whomever was leaving to go join the military. And I said, man, I kind of want that send off. I want that, you know, that that small town love. And that was one of the reasons, but you know, the other reason is obviously patriotism, wanting to do something for my country. Um, even at a young age, I knew that I wasn't, not that I wasn't cut out for college or school. I just knew at that point in time, I just wanted to get the heck out of small town Pennsylvania as far away as I could. And, you know, community college or even Penn state wasn't going to cut it. Um, so I just wanted to go and see the world for a while. And that was part of it. You know, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to see what what else was out there.
0: No, I mean, that's one of the reasons most of us join the military. It's kind of something to do, and it, a lot of it's pa- – especially post-911 is patriotic. Yep. Um, man, and you did corpsmen too. That was a little bit different than uh, than just regular Navy.
1: Right, yeah. So I crossed over. I started out Dixie Cup Navy, bell-bottoms and the white cap, looking like a Cracker Jack box. And then after <laughs> that, I crossed over uh, Greenside Marines um, – Went to the Fleet Marine Force. I was urban sniper school, recon and surveillance, and then ended up with uh, sniper teams out of two two Camp Lejeune.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. So it's not like you're just like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go go and you know do a couple years on a ship and you know pay for college. You actually did some hardcore stuff, which is really yeah, cool, did. man. That's cool. So how do you get to become like you know musician full time? Was this you know you've been doing it for almost twenty something years now? Yeah
1: i mean on and off you know what i mean i i I weekend worried it for a long time um tried the full-on you know road gigging um it was it really not until you know i wrote the star spangled banner version that was the one that madison rising did that rock rendition once i brought that to the table that's when it sort of allowed everybody in that project to to kind of stay on that project and keep going so it was one of those things where um you know, until I until I actually got signed, I was just an undiscovered uh, artist out there. There's you know hundreds, if not thousands of us. could Just go to musicians on Instagram uh, hashtag and you see you know millions now. So um, it, yeah, you know it's a, a lot of it is a stroke of luck. Um, I think a lot of it is is determination and the willingness not to quit. And just to be able to push forward and, and you know, whatever comes up against you, continuing down the road and doing what you love, you either find a way around it, over it, or through it. And that's, you know, where I am today. Just, it's, it's like I said, a lot of luck, a lot of perseverance, and just continuing. Like, I, one of my hashtags or one of my um, catchphrases, stay the course, finish the fight, never surrender. And that's it. With me and music, I've just decided to take that route. And I've gotten really lucky in some places, and that's part of it.
0: Yeah, one thing I noticed—you um, do a lot for LEOS now, law enforcement, police, yeah. first responders. It's not just the military community, and I'm noticing that these communities are starting to kind of almost blend and merge together with, like, you know, the brotherhood, sisterhood.
1: Well, that was kind of—it was my intention because I thought that as as I began what I was doing before, and a lot of the military stuff does bleed over into service, right? Service relation. Uh, just comes across. You wear a uniform, whether it's your overseas in the Army or Marine Corps, uh, or if you're back home as a law enforcement officer, they are starting to blend. Even in training, our, lo- our Leos are now being trained in a lot of military tactics and things that we learned, um, as just as you know, basic you know Marines and you know the psychology and mentality behind war fighting tactics are are definitely crossed over now into the into the um, civilian sector, obviously into law enforcement and some of the SWAT levels and things that they're doing tactical organizations are obviously very similar to what we're doing what we were doing at the time those special forces guys and that kind of thing is all Mm -hmm. sort of blending. a lot of the uh, munitions the equipment uh the mentality the urban um warfighter mentalities and the different ways that 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 is sort of integrated not only in the war zone and what we've learned from uh the men and women in blue over here and taken over there but obviously coming back um those type of tactics are definitely deployed in both areas now. So they are kind of a conglomerate or sort of coming together musically though. um, It's a different, it's a different sort of genre. I would say to, to be able to reach out and touch the law enforcement community, I feel is different than the military community. The Leo's are much more, I don't want to say demonized, but there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, animosity against the law Mm -hmm. enforcement community. And I wanted to do something that showed, my appreciation for their sacrifice their daily putting on that uniform every single day and sort of going into uncharted territory some of these guys it's like every day is 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 a would be the same as a move that we would do overseas so every day that they wake up they're putting on that uniform and sacrificing and in recent times and with what's going on uh you know politically with what is going on and what is happening in the Um, Hollywood and and entertainment community that is still anti-law enforcement, and then what you see on social media, which is anti-law enforcement. I wanted to stand behind and show my my flag and my colors for the team that I support, and that is our men and women in blue and the dispatchers, first responders. That goes for fire, police, and everybody else.
0: Absolutely. That's the main reason I started this podcast, is just because I noticed that we all have a lot in common, military first responders, uh, vets fire police everybody, and those that support them so i mean i'm seeing a lot of the networking, a lot of the community a lot of everybody's kind of merging into like this big almost like a patriotic type community that's not just okay over there's the vet crew there's your you know you're you know proud to be an american type people now it's like you know we're all kind of melded in
1: well, I do. I think that that's sort of starting to happen on the other side as well. You know, it was just. Yeah. The, I mean, even if you look at the LGBTQ, they're adding another letter every week. So it's like it was just the gays. Then it was the trans. And then we put them uh-huh. together, And the then it's then it's both. And then it's, you know, then it's a certain race of LGBT. It's all just starting to come together. And there is definitely starting to be, a, you know, a parting of the Red Sea, if you will, um, against all these or for all these different um special interest groups, uh, whether it be uh, based on race, or whether it be based on your sexual orientation or identification, or whether it's based on what you believe politically, or how you feel about different candidates. These, these special interest groups are, are, you know, they're separate pieces of a puzzle. And, you know, if you look at what they are doing sort of to the whole of American society, it's it's all their own separate hook just pulling in, and they're actually starting to realize, okay, we gotta we have to work together. So the other side is sort of the same thing. There's the cert. It's I call it the grownups and the kids, right? So it's the service men and women, the people that know what sacrifice is really all about. Um, not just coming out of the closet, but literally signing your life on a piece of paper and going to war for this country. Um, you know, there's there's the social and then there's the economic. You know, adults uh, that that I will say that are sort of starting to pitch their pitch their uh, you know their 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 sales in different different directions, for sure. There's definitely a bifurcation happening uh, of the nation. What I see is, again, it's the special interest groups only blinded by what their own objective is. And then I see what's happening on the other side. And like I said, it's the adults saying, whoa, 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 time out. We're not segregating anyone. We want everybody in in this pie. We want the whole thing, all the colors, all the races, all the LG whatever's, uh, everybody. We need everybody to come together in this country to realize how great and how important and how there is only one. And if we don't realize that, we're going to very quickly be left with nothing but a carcass, skin and bones, and every single insect in the world will be laying its eggs upon it. And if we don't fix that and get ourselves sort of in a a mentality that is for the, for the next generation, for the positive future of America, we're very quickly going to go into a direction that is not going to be what everybody in their special interest groups is going to want in the long run
0: now and that's the thing i've seen with like you know a lot of law enforcement communities is they're trying to find people you know that put the badge and a gun on nowadays and go out there and know that they're going to put their life in a line and just have to second guess every move they make they can't, they, puts, can't find, yeah. they can't
1: find law enforcement and the problem is that that the law enforcement community was very family oriented grandpa was a cop Mom was a Mm -hmm. cop, you know, I become a cop, or however that works down through the families, now there's a, there's a halt, there's a stop where people in law enforcement and guys that have done 20, 15, 20, 30 years, some of these guys are saying, no way, man, my kids are going to go to college, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to be in law enforcement, they're not going to be doing what I did, because the political climate and those legislators have made it impossible for these Leos to do their jobs, and that's what it comes down to. The people and the bureaucrats behind the desk who are writing the laws into place have no idea what it's like to be able to have to enforce them out there on the streets. And it's, it's the same whether you're a Trump supporter or not a Trump supporter. The legislation that is, that is being passed is, is – you cannot uphold it. It's unupholdable. So these men and women in uniform are forced to put themselves in positions of hesitation, question – um, you know what is right and what is wrong and then what does the law say? It's, it, it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be what is right is the law and what is wrong is, is not. And, and if there was a clear and concise line that these, that these men and women in blue were able to uphold, now there's so much gray area of, well, am yeah. I or am I not allowed to grab this person? Am I allowed to touch them? Am I allowed to do CPR? Am I allowed to save their life without being sued, without losing my job? And it's too much, too much for these guys.
0: It is absolutely, and that comes down to the, the stress factor as well. I was like, you know, one thing I've been talking about a lot lately on the show is you know, I've, I've been military and I've been law enforcement. Um, but one thing is I'm noticing that so many LEOs now have the PTSD, they have distress. The You're starting to see LEO um, suicides just quadruple compared to what it used to be. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's absolutely – that's why one of these things is, you know, just trying to – someone coined a good term the other day. was just trying to do this grassroots thing where we could kind of reach out to um, individual vets and individual LEOs and everything to try to stop this from happening. And I think that another big thing is music.
1: Well, that's what I'm finding. I'm sorry. I'm just making some adjustments here. That's I'm, no problem, we're, man. We're not getting cut off. Um, what I'm finding is that the common ground between a lot of it is in the arts and i was watching bet uh the bet awards last night because i'm interested i'm just the same way i watch cnn i'm interested in what the narrative is because there's obviously somebody else viewing a completely different narrative within what i'm hearing because in my circle we're all on the same page we're all like yes yeah, support the military yeah we support our president yeah we're not going to down uh you know gays and and lesbians. And yeah, we're going to stand up for people of other race. We're going to do whatever we need to do to make this country awesome. But then there's obviously another narrative happening. So I'm always, now this is something that I've learned is to try to grasp where and when that narrative is happening. So I'm watching the BET awards last night. Um, There was uh, a reference to a movie and it was called uh, Sonny and the Queen or something like that, or Queen and Sonny. And it's a story about a guy and a girl who are on a date, first date, I think, guy gets pulled over, he quotes, claims self-defense, shoots a cop, and then this guy and this girl, this black couple, they go out on the lam, and now they're these wanted fugitives. They shave their head and change their identities, and they look completely different and very glorified and glamorous in their uh, sort of Being wanted and being on the lam and they glorify this the shooting of the cop and I'm sitting there going 100% correct. That is an issue in this country. I get it But as an artist as a performer as somebody who's putting something out there to the public the lens that you are perceiving what is happening in the real world and how you decide to recreate your version or however you intend to recreate that version to uh, gain social recognition can be very very dangerous, and it's 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 one of those things that I'd hate to see. See, my, if if you go to Dave Bray USA Musical on a Mission, everything that comes out of this is meant to be positive, bring people together. But if if somebody watches that movie and decides, you know what, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a cop out and I'm going on the lam, then that's an entire life destroyed because you created a movie that glorified that type of behavior in a very very realistic way, and that kind of stuff as an artist is the kind of stuff that I look at and I'm just like, I got to turn that off. I don't want my kids seeing that. I don't want anybody else's kids seeing that. And I definitely certainly have a problem with the fact that we're glorifying the murder of a law enforcement officer to go out on the lam and create a great movie about Bonnie and Clyde, you know, the black Bonnie and Clyde. So those are the types of issues when we talk about art that I get concerned about. And I think I kind of distracted from the topic, but that's the kind of stuff that I think not only can tear us apart, but I also think the other side of the coin is there's ways to bring people together, and it's around some of the founding principles of this country. It's patriotism. It's faith first. Um, it's treating one another and our neighbors and loving our neighbors for whom they are like ourselves. And, you know, if we can get back to some of those principles that are found, biblical principles, Judeo-Christian principles, and, and get away from the separatist, uh, you know, the, the geopolitical principles, I will say, or the racial principles that are coming down range, I think we could do a lot better as a country.
0: You know, and I've always noticed that, like if you get off the highways and you kind of just go down into like America, regardless of what race, creed, national origin, or whatever you run into, it's nobody's on Twitter all day long. Nobody's on social media going crazy. But, you know, you, you stick your head on it. On, man, I can't even do it. If I look on Twitter for a little while, I'm just like, ah. you yeah, know, because he, he, there's no meeting of the minds and that's what i like about it. like if you could have an audience like and that's what i like about this whole the music in the arts because you know, a lot of them i guess are, you know vets and leos that do acting or, or other types of arts and it's just something else to bring people together
1: yeah yeah i agree with that I, I think there's definitely a way to do it um you know we as a nation have to figure out you know the artists that we're going to back and you know, the ones that were not. And whatever, though, freedom of speech is always going to rule. So, I mean, if somebody creates a movie about killing cops and glorifying it, who are we to stop it, right? All we can do is say that, you know, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to allow my kids to watch it.
0: That's yeah, it. exactly. Well, I that's agree correct. the same way. I mean, we shouldn't be having movies that are going to be out there like, you know, and, hey, you know what? Um, someone gives you a dirty look, you kill them. You know, right. just people forget. And that's the thing that blur the lines between real life and death because uh, I've noticed so many more people are pulling the trigger on cops nowadays than it used to sure.
1: be. Yep. There's no consequence in video games, you know, Just no. the and the more you put yourself, I mean, how do we train our pilots? We train them in flight simulations to react a certain way when certain things happen. Um, mm. It's, it's what we've used video games and driving games and all types of simulators for, for years and years and years. Now we have, you know, video games where you're simulating literally working as a firing squad and you're, you know, you're moving down through or a fire team and you're moving down through streets and you're killing people as you're coming across them. Great for special forces guys. You know what I mean? But not great for little Timmy who's 13 or 12 or 11 or 10 years old, like playing this game for, you know, eight hours a day and putting himself not just visually and and physically, but but mentally in that state, uh, to be able to pull the trigger on you know people and be able to look and scan and and use different weapons. It's just a, it's a, like I said, we up – No, it's crazy. We grew, no, up
0: crazy. We grew up that way, yeah. Very we scary.
1: From, we went from pitfall, pong, and <laughs> pitfall to, uh, uh, SOCOM very quickly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, positive message. Yeah. Let's talk something positive, cause you sure. know what we—I <laughs> could tell you all day long, man. Sure, I get keep, into...
1: We keep digging down that hole forever. Oh, we could—we go forever. The is, positive thing is that Gen X, the one that everybody was laughing at when grunge came around, uh, the crossover. I still yeah. think. I still think the cross, and you're one of them. I still think the crossover Gen Xers are sort of the last to have seen life as before it was completely digital, and still remember it really really well you know the pre-digital analog days Mm -hmm. uh, you know 13 channels vhf (laughs) uh you know all that stuff and when i say pitfall like we were we were the ones from the beginning of the video game era all the way up through right so yeah that generation the ones who know what life was like who knew what being out in public was like, who knew how to communicate, who could speak. I, I, I laugh at myself because I keep thinking that the people I speak to in public are actually going to speak English or understand what I'm saying. So um, it's one of those things that I think the Gen Xers are going to have to scratch their heads, put their heads together and be like, okay, listen, it's our turn. We're the adults. And I think they're going to make the right decisions. I think that we've seen, um, you know, Desert Storm. We've seen Afghanistan. Uh, some of those Gen Xers had families that were World War uh, II, Um, Many of us had families that were Vietnam era. So we know what that sort of catalyst of war is all about. I think we're all pretty tired of it. Um, I think that we've built up a pretty huge military. I think Trump is kind of seeing some of that as well, knowing that he is a a father as well as a a grandfather uh, to the younger generation. I think he's actually seeing some of this and scratching his head and going, you know, okay, Iran shot down a drone. I'm not going to push the new button right so let's talk about it. I'm just going to crank up the, the sanctions which mm-hmm. them off even more but there, somebody has to be the adult in the room and I think that that is what we're seeing more and more in uh, the global climate I think Trump is a positive thing for this nation there are days where I see his tweets and I'm scratching my head wondering why but uh, in the long run I think that he's definitely for the times uh, the tweeter president I think we needed somebody that was going to communicate with us like that to get the attention of both sides Um, I love the fact that we came out of the Obama days, which sort of awakened the whatever people of color, if you will, or people that weren't really ever paying attention to politics. We've awakened them now, which is a good thing. They woke. So that is good. I think there's a lot of positive things happening, but the dust has yet to settle on what really our future is going to look like. And I think it's, again, up to the Gen Xers. It's up to the you know, the men and women who have served this country who understand what sacrifices teach it to those who have no clue. And again, we need to communicate. We have all these abilities to communicate. We have social media. We have the ability to completely get out a great narrative and a great message. And again, that's what the, that's what music on a mission, the attempt of music on a mission was. Um, it's about patriotism, faith, bringing us together. I narrate the record. I'm sort of rambling, but I don't know how much time we have, but that's the idea. Oh, again. I think. I yeah. think we have the platform. We just need the right person to say it.
0: Well, that's the thing is we have to keep saying it. It's, it's kind of repetition builds muscle memory almost, and that's why you know I hate everything in news uh, podcast and anything I can do just to kind of like spread some message of what I think. I mean, and that's why I like to have guests like you on there that have experience. You know, you're out there doing. So yeah.
1: Well, I've definitely seen a lot over the last seven years of touring. Um, I've seen a huge uptick in support for our military. I'm starting to see sort of a downtick because, again, it's not in the news cycle. And unfortunately, the news cycle is still what controls uh, the climate of what we are as a nation cumulatively thinking about. So if we're thinking about uh, law enforcement, you know, a guy gets shot by a cop, then everybody's thinking about that. and. If we're thinking about support for our men and women overseas because we just got, you know, either put under attack or 9 11 happened or something like that, we're all thinking about that. So there's definitely a, there's still a control that is happening in uh, the media networks that even, even for certain social media networks, they're shutting down that narrative. If it's not theirs, they don't want to hear it. So uh, it's, a, it's unfortunate, but I think still there's a lot to be learned. There's a lot to be gleaned from what we as a nation can, can do in the future and what the next generation is going to bring us.
0: No, we're gonna do it. There's, you know, that's just that we're gonna do it. And like you said, the Gen Xers are now, you know, they come to age. I mean, I'm closer to fifty now. I am to forty now, so it's like, you know, we got to spread something out there. We got to whatever knowledge or anything we've learned over the past few years, kind of say, hey, you know what? This is what I this is the way I see it. If you see it different, great, but let's talk about it. I want to know what you want. I want to know what you say as well. So. What do you got coming up next? What do you want to? Uh, anything you want to point <laughs> well, the to audience and, to? Yeah,
1: yeah, man. The events and tour dates are all on uh, all on the Dave Gray USA Facebook page, but I also have a YouTube page that has a bunch of great videos. Go down, check those out. Um, Instagram is starting to blow up a little bit, so that's helping. Um, my my clothing line and my support merchandise is Brave Day USA instead of Dave Gray USA. You see what I did
0: there? Dave Gray. Gray <laughs> I like the belt buckle, man. I need to get one of those. Yeah. I need a big blue line one, man. You need to get some. Yeah,
1: the Brave Day USA merchandise is still taking off. There's a lot of great stuff on there. It's all about walking fearless in faith, um, putting on the armor, you know, Ephesians 611, that kind of mentality. And just going out there and wearing something that isn't a gun or isn't, you know, pro this, anti that. It's not a rainbow. It's not anything. It's just it's faith. Doing what's right is treating your neighbors and people that you encounter with respect. And that, that's that's one of the things I've, I'm just learning more and more about each and every day is to go above and beyond to try to open up conversations with people while I'm out. Uh, instead of sort of head down, me, me, me mentality, kind of head up and how can I engage different people in different ways? Uh, drives my wife nuts at the grocery store, but it's still <laughs> fun. Um, you know, and, and the, the, the shirts and the things that are on the store, they do that. They get people talking. And uh, yeah, that's what we wanted to do with Brave Day USA. And that's what the album was about. And that's what the whole, basically the whole mission uh, is about, is about getting people talking out in public, getting people communicating again, because we're failing at that in this social media environment. We only type what we feel anymore. We don't speak it.
0: I know, and I, I've noticed that, you know, at least Instagram for me is it's such a better... I mean, if you want to talk to people who are like-minded or just kind of like in the same area of thought instagram's like the best platform for me i go over to twitter and i just i just want to pull my hair out <laughs> right
1: it's easy to get lost in twitter i don't think i speak that twitter language
0: i don't absolutely not
1: i look at it and i'm like what are you even trying to say it's like they, they and here's the thing there'll be like three sentences that are you understand the premise but you don't understand really what they're getting at i mean i get it like certain things that if it's certain people's names I, I can stay on top of it but mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be something kind of vague and then poignant and then it's almost like haiku you ever read any haiku <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like that like it's like insta insta. it's kind of like the twitter is kind of like the haiku of uh social media It kind of makes sense you get the idea but you don't feel like you're really involved with whatever they're saying but it's interesting i mean the whole thing's a, an experiment and um, I'm learning more and more about uh, data exhaust and um, yes, the, the collection of of that kind of information and how AI is is starting to weed its way through what has been said. If that makes sense. Like the yeah. digital desert of every keystroke that's been out there, they're trying to turn this into its own language for AI, and they can figure out so much just by the words and letters and hashtags and everything. It's it, digital exhaust and, and artificial intelligence are pretty, some pretty unique bots that are out there. When I mean, not crazy, man. Like mechanical bots. I'm talking about no. engineered bots inside of computers that can do some really miraculous stuff with, like I said, digital exhaust and looking into the future and sort of, it's very strange. It's, it's pretty interesting. And
0: was it 1997 Skynet came online? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've never looked back ever since, but if I ever see a guy made out of mercury, I know how to get rid of him. you got to get him to like a volcano. Stat. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, I really appreciate you coming on, man.
1: You got it, man. Gen X for life, and I hope you're well and take care of everybody out there. Um, if anybody wants to find me, com, if you could link it up, that'd be great.
0: Awesome. Thanks, brother. You got it, man.